Thank you, John. I want to begin this morning uh, by asking you a personal question, so you need to get ready. Who, who's your best friend? I want you to think about it for a minute. For some of you, it'll come quickly. Others, maybe you've got to choose between a couple of folks, but whose, whose name and face come to your mind? you have someone? Okay. Now for a follow-up question. Why is this person your best friend? What are, what are some of the characteristics that make this person such a good friend of yours? I want you to think about that. Think maybe of two or three characteristics that come to mind about that person that make that person a good friend of yours. I was, uh, I was doing some browsing on the internet this week, and I came across this article titled, 100 Qualities of a Good Friend. That's quite a list, 100. Uh, I made it through the first 10, and I was quickly overwhelmed and felt like I was not a good friend to anyone. So I wanted to narrow it down a little bit. In fact, I wanted to narrow it down to just three, and so I did a poll. Now, this isn't an official poll in any kind of way. I'm just going to call it the Team Kaufman poll. Uh, According to this very accurate but unofficial poll, which includes uh, several of my children and my wife, um, here are some important characteristics of a friend. Thoughtful. Encourager, consistent. You know, those are, those are some good characteristics. Now, you'll probably come up with different characteristics when you think about uh, your good friend. But I just wanted to get us thinking about friendship, thinking about those qualities and traits that make up a good friend. And here's the reason why. In Psalm 25, in our psalm that uh, John just read for us and that we're looking at today, David makes this unbelievable statement about friendship. You read it, and you're like, really? Is this true? Is this even possible? Verse 14 reads, Yahweh, that's the revealed name of God in the Old Testament, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Yahweh, the Lord, the God and ruler and sustainer and creator of the universe, is a friend to those who fear him. Now, that's a wow verse. That's a grab your highlighter verse. The ESV translates it this way, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. The NIV 84 reads, the Lord confides in those who fear him. The message, Eugene Peterson's version, reads, God friendship is for God worshipers. 
They are the ones that he confides in. I like that. God friendship is for God worshipers. And this morning, I want us to talk about friendship. Psalm 25 helps us to do that. Psalm 25 is an alphabetical acrostic. There are nine of these in the book of Psalms. It's a structure where each verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So there are 22 Hebrew letters, 22 verses in this psalm. So verse 1 begins with the first letter of the alphabet and so on. And so the question is, why would David write a psalm with this structure? Well, I've read a lot about it this week, and even for the best scholars, it's all just conjecture. But um, here's my thought about it. Here's, here's what I want to share about why it was written with this structure. On occasion through the years, uh, Karen and I have set aside times of prayer, and we used to do this with our college students when we were in campus ministry full-time. Uh, with our college, I remember uh, special times of prayer with our college students at Virginia Tech and then also at the University of Georgia. Uh, and we've also done this on occasion with just our own kids in our, in our homes, But we've used an alphabetical structure for our prayer times. We've thanked God from A to Z, or we've praised Jesus from A to Z. Now, we've done both of those, and so we'll use the alphabet to thank God. God, I thank you for A. So one person in the room begins with A. I thank you for apple pie. And let that, just go with that. Thank you for apples. You're an amazing creator. I love the apple. And you head down that direction. Then the next person who's praying is B. Thank you for something that starts with B. We've also praised Jesus from A to Z. And how we've, how we've done that is we just say, Jesus, you are A, awesome, right? You defeated death. You reign from the right hand of the Father. You're awesome. Next person. Jesus, you are something that starts with the letter B. And so that's a structure that we use. And uh, you just go around the room, and we've, we've had wonderful times of prayer. It's a great structure for prayer. Uh, most everybody, except maybe those that end up with the letter Q or X, really enjoy that structure. Um, but this is what I especially like about using that structure. There's a sense of fullness about it. There's a sense of completeness. You're using the entire alphabet, every letter of the English language, to praise Jesus or to thank God. And by using every letter, you're using every possible means, every letter at your disposal to communicate praise and to communicate thanksgiving to God. So I'm going to praise and thank him from A to Z. And I think that's what David's doing here in Psalm 25. I think David uses the entire alphabet. He uses the full range of the Hebrew alphabet, the Hebrew language, to describe his relationship with God. He's trying to put into words this immense reality, and it's going to take every letter at his disposal to be able to do it. Friendship with God is something that words cannot describe. Yet here's David's best effort 
to describe friendship with God from A to Z. Friendship with God is something that Jesus talks about in John chapter 15. Beginning in verse 12, Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Yet, what David shares with us here in Psalm 25 is that friendship with God is not just a New Testament idea. In other words, it hasn't just come along with the arrival of Jesus onto the scene. Because in verse 14, the NIV reads, the Lord confides in those who fear him. What we read in the NLT The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. In this verse, David brings the concepts of friendship and covenant together. So it's a unique friendship. It's a special friendship. You see, God doesn't just want to be a Facebook friend with us meaning that we, we like what he does and we send the occasional prayer emoji when things aren't going well. God wants us to be covenant friends. That's a unique friendship. That's a special kind of friendship. William and I are going through uh, the Bible Project videos this year, and there was uh, just recently a video about covenants. And I really like their definition. They said a covenant is a relationship between two partners who make promises to each other and work together to reach a common goal. I really like that definition of a covenant. It's a relationship between two partners who make promises to each other and work together to reach a common goal. The kind of covenant that we're most familiar with today is the marriage covenant. Husband and a wife choose to enter into a relationship. They make promises to one another, and they commit to work together as partners to reach a common goal. That's a covenant. And it's this kind of relationship. It's a covenant friendship that David's talking about in verse 14 of Psalm 25. The word that's translated as friends in several translations is literally the Hebrew word confides. It's how the NIV 84 translates it. Um, And so the idea of this word is that it's only a friend who we would confide in, right? It's a friend that we would choose to confide our, our secrets with. It's a friend that we would choose to discuss our personal conversations with. It's a friend who we would seek counsel with when we have decisions to make. We surely not do any of those things with an enemy or with a stranger, but with only a friend. And it's this type of friendship, this covenant friendship, 
that God wants to have with us. There's a book that I have um, I've owned since college and have gone to time and time again. It's a wonderful book about prayer. Um, but the author's name is John White. It's called Daring to Draw Near. Um, highly recommend that book to you. Um, but here is what he writes about this friendship with God, and I, I really appreciate it. He says, what God is saying He's saying that I have changed the relationship of creator to creature, of judge to sinner, and I've added a new dimension to it. I've selected man to be my friend. I also want him to be my partner. He will have role, he will have a role in my plans. It may seem inconceivable that this God wants such a relationship with you. You are a creature he made. You are a sinner he redeemed. You are even his child by adoption and by supernatural birth. Yet, he calls you to a higher dignity, to that of a friend. And it's this God friendship that David attempts to describe from A to Z in Psalm 25. Now, earlier, uh, I asked you to think about some of the characteristics that you're looking for in a good friend. Well, in the rest of our time together, here's what, here's what we're going to do. I want to you from Psalm 25 three characteristics that God's looking for in a friend. Three characteristics. And believe it or not, they all begin with the letter F. It's faith, forgiveness, and fear. Faith, forgiveness, and fear. And we're going to spend just a few moments looking at each one of those characteristics this morning. Three characteristics that God is looking for in a friend, in these covenant friends. First, God friendship is one of faith. I want to read again uh, verse 1, verse 2. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. God friendship is one of faith. This psalm is all about trusting God. It's all about trusting God. And trust is faith in action. You see, faith is the belief, and trust is the action. Faith is believing that God is my friend. Trust is living like God is my friend. And friendship with God is a relationship of faith in action. It's one that's built upon trust. Now, this poetry, and, and this is poetry, and so David uses two great images here in this psalm to describe this kind of trust. 
this kind of faith that's built in this friendship. Um, the first is here in this verse that I just read out of, out of verse 1. The psalm begins here with, O Lord, I lift up my soul to you. This is wonderful imagery. It's imagery that's found here and actually found all throughout the Old Testament in the Psalms especially. But this language comes from the image of taking an oath. It's kind of, it can be courtroom language. When, before you testify in a court of law, you put one hand on the Bible, and then you lift up your other hand, and you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me God. This is the language. That's the imagery. So to lift up my soul to God is to swear by oath that I will trust in him alone. When we lift up our souls, we are declaring to God and proclaiming to one another, I swear to trust in God and in nothing but God, so help me God. That's what it means to lift up our souls. You know, when we lift up our hands in prayer, when we lift up our hands in in worship to God, this is what we're declaring to him. It's It's a physical gesture of trust. It's saying to the Lord, I trust in you and you alone. There's no one else worthy of my trust. So that's that language of lifting up your soul. It's, it says, he's, he repeats himself. He says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, and you I trust. It's this great language of faith and trust, complete trust in the Lord. And then he uses another image of trust uh, in God in verse 15 when he writes that my eyes are always on the Lord. Again, this is a wonderful statement of trust. He's saying, I will keep my eyes focused on him, for only he will release my feet from the snare. I love this imagery. It's so easy. It's so easy when we are in difficult circumstances. It's so easy when we're in tough situations for us to take our eyes off the Lord and put them onto the situation and onto the circumstance. See, it's so easy here for us to take our eyes off the Lord and instead put them on the snare, to use David's language. And we can get so focused on the snare that we forget the Lord. But David, this great statement of trust, said, my eyes are ever on the Lord. Not going to take my eyes off the Lord. You know, in Matthew chapter 14, a great illustration of this. Um, the disciples are in the boat one night, and, and Jesus comes by walking on the water. Well, the disciples are terrified initially. They think it's a ghost. Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. And Peter says, if it's really you, let me come out to you. Jesus says, the water's warm. Come on. Peter gets out of the boat, 
starts walking on the water to Jesus. That's amazing. Matthew tells us in verse 30, but when Peter saw the wind, he became afraid, and he began to sink. What happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. Jesus saved him and said, oh, you of little faith. Don't take your eyes off of me. It's a great statement of trust. My eyes are ever on the Lord. For only he will release my feet from the snare. It's great imagery of trust. And so, this God friendship is one of faith. It's one of faith in action. It's, it's trusting. It's lifting up our souls and swearing all of our trust to him. No matter what's going on around us, no matter the circumstances, no matter the tough situations, we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. So God friendship is one of faith. Second, God friendship is one of forgiveness. It's one of forgiveness. At the very center of this psalm is verse 11. Um, And that reads like this in the NIV, for the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. The NLT reads, for the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. You see, at the heart of this God friendship is forgiveness. And what David does in this poem that I find really helpful is that he connects forgiveness with our memories. Verses 6 and 7, he writes, we sang it earlier, right? He writes, remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, o good, you are good, O Lord. He connects forgiveness with our memories. Listen, this is amazing. Um, just for some perspective, just for some perspective this morning, uh, my laptop, which I got a nice little laptop, Um, I spend many hours during the week on my laptop preparing sermons uh, and such, and so I appreciate my laptop. It's a nice laptop. My laptop has 16 gigabytes of memory. It's not a lot. I don't need a lot. I'm not playing games on it. You know, all I'm storing on that thing are Word files, basically. Um, but, But it's a great... It's a great little laptop. It's got 16 gigabytes of memory on it. Listen to this. Scientists say the human brain can store about 2.5 million gigabytes of information. 
That's unbelievable. The way God has made us is remarkable. Now, I, I, I know some people uh, like to, on occasion, binge watch maybe a whole season of a show or, you know. I've heard people do such things. Um, just to get, help put this in perspective, you would have to binge watch. You'd have to sit down at the television and binge watch your favorite TV show continuously for more than 300 years to fill up the amount of memory storage in your brain. <laughs> you get the picture? Our memories. There's, there's, there's plenty of room for memory storage. The question is, what memories are we choosing to store up there? Are you following me? Because, see, forgiveness has to do with memory storage. And David here, it's a wonderful prayer request. David here asks God to store memories of his great love and mercy, for they are from old, he says, instead of memories of his sins of youth and rebellious ways. In other words, his prayer request is to store God's ways from antiquity instead of David's ways of iniquity. God will, you remember your ways from antiquity instead of my ways of iniquity. So the request is to remember your great love and mercy instead of my great sins. You see, David teaches us in this psalm that the act of forgiveness, this is important, the act of forgiveness requires for us to acknowledge that two things are great. In verse 7, David acknowledges the greatness of God's mercy and love. And in verse 11, he acknowledges the greatness of his sin. David does not claim that his iniquity was no big deal. He does not make excuses for it or try to make light of it. Rather, he acknowledges the greatness of it. Paul would say, I am the worst of sinners. Both realities are great. God's mercy and love are great, and my sin is great. But here's the good news of the cross of Jesus Christ. The immensity of God's mercy and love is greater than the immensity of my sins. And if you understand that reality, then you begin to understand what God did for you on the cross. The cross proclaims that God has chosen to remember his great mercy and love instead of your great sins. And so... Part of being God's friend is doing the same.
choosing to remember his great mercy and love instead of our great sins. God, friendship is one of forgiveness. And then lastly, third, God, friendship is one of fear. It's one of fear. I want to read verses 12 and then verse 14 to you again. Verse 12 reads, Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. And then verse 14, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. And so the last characteristic of this God friendship is fear. You know, these two verses are amazing to me because... David tells us that the Lord instructs those who fear him. The Lord confides in those who fear him. The Lord makes known his covenant to those who fear him. It's it's really clear. God's friendship is only for those who fear him. But you might say, well, that's kind of an unusual word to use when talking about friendship. But this is a good fear. This is a healthy fear. This is a proper fear. Listen, God is our friend, but he's not our buddy. He's our Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And this psalm is all about our friend who is the Lord guiding and instructing and teaching and making known his ways to those who fear him. The the word that happens more than any other in this uh, psalm is the word ways. God wants to share his ways. He wants to instruct his ways. He wants to teach his ways. He wants to guide his ways with those who fear him. And so a friend of the Lord is one who submits to his authority. A friend of the Lord is one who desires to know his ways. David cries out to him, show me your ways and teach me your paths. You know, much can be said about the fear of the Lord, and we don't have time this morning. But in the context of Psalm 25, It means to be one who is both humble and hungry. Both humble and hungry. Both humbled by and hungry for. Humbled by this extraordinary opportunity to be a friend with the God of the universe. And hungry to know God and His ways more each and every day because we do not have another friendship like it. I've had a prayer request that I've been praying every morning um, this year for my life. And it's, it's just the request that I will love God 
and love others better today than I did yesterday. It's been my prayer. And that speaks to this, just this, this hunger, this desire to know his instruction and to know his ways and to be taught by him and to be led by him. And so one who, who fears the Lord is, is, is humbled by this friendship and hungry for more and more of it each and every day. Let me close with this. Listen, if the idea of being God's friend doesn't captivate your every thought and thrill your very soul, then there's nothing else for you. I don't don't know what else to tell you. Friendship with God is the gift of salvation. I don't know how to make it more clear to you. It is the good news. I've shared this, I've shared this quote with you many times before. It's from my, one of my professors that I had uh, during my time at Lipscomb. His name was Randy Harris. But I love it, and I've so much of my understanding um, has been shaped and influenced by it. But he you would say this often in his classes. He would say that salvation is not the end. It's just a means to an end. The end is relationship. It's relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit, through David in Psalm 25, informs us that this relationship is, in fact, friendship with God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this, these words from David, the one who your scripture tells us had a heart after yours. Lord, just we pray, my prayer is that you will make us that you'll make us each day each and every day, more and more into your friends. What a joy it is. We are humbled to be called your friends. And Lord, we, we just thank you for the opportunity each and every day to grow in that friendship with you. And so we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, um,